0: This is the Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. Welcome in to Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better. Dave Essler, you want to get any of our content here, you can find us on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. You want to find Dave, it's at Dave underscore Essler. You want to find any more of, of Dave's content, you can find him at pregame.com. I uh, just want to make sure that you are downloading the podcast, sharing it with your friends, liking, subscribing, doing all that good stuff. I want to bring Dave in here. Dave, we did the, you know, the All-Star Break special podcast but now we are getting back into the major league baseball season and i'm not gonna lie looking at some of these games i'm a little hesitant to jump in you know head first into the deep end here with some of these games early
1: i i'm just saying what i mean you can't the break can hurt the break can here can help you know it's uh teams that you know like i guess st louis would be a good example you know they're they're underachieving. They're probably going to be sellers. How much do they? How much effort does the nine guys put out? You can almost say the same thing about the angels. You know, I mean, is Otani gone or isn't he? Probably. Um, Trout's on his way out. If you ask me, I mean, you know, the guy's been in the league ten years. He hasn't been. He's been hurt more than he's not. So, trying to figure out what's going to happen with those things is always a big question mark. So, yeah, I mean, I'll we'll do this and I'll we'll, we'll have a little trepidations after some of them for sure
0: and I think like you mentioned a couple teams there another team for me is like the Atlanta Braves were red hot I think they finished the first half what were they 60 and 29 firing on all cylinders and the next thing you know you have a little bit of a you know four or five day break and they had a ton of all-stars so they're sending all of their you know Southeast All-Stars all the way up to the Northwest in Seattle, you know, gotta do the media, gotta do the Derby, All-Star get all that good stuff. And now you send them back to the, you know, southern southeastern United States, and they we gotta figure that they're gonna be as hot as they were before. I kind of pumped the brakes a little bit.
1: Well, I would too, because you don't forget they lost seven of eight down the stretch. And uh a lot of those games were at home. You know, I mean Tampa Bay Tampa Bay, they're gonna be there at the end, but by the same token. Um, Did anybody see that coming? I'm going to look real quick and see, yeah, what? They lost, yeah, 7 of 8 at home. So, you know, are they going to come back out smoking again or are they going to struggle? I mean, they only had double digit hits in one game. So, you know, are they – they struck out more than ten times, five times. So, you know, are they they coming back to earth? Are they somewhere between the two? I mean, I I can't sit here and say – they're going to do one thing or the other with any amount of certainty.
0: Most teams have had almost all their players get those four to five days of rest. It feels like some of the totals almost feel like they're probably pretty on because you know, you're going to, or maybe you look potentially to more unders just because you know, everybody should be about as rested as they're going to be the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. But does that hurt the pitchers? Because pitchers are so routine, you know, they throw on Sunday, they, They rest on Monday, starters anyway. You know, they they throw on Tuesday, they run on Wednesday, uh, then they do some other BS and then they pitch on Friday. So, I mean, that's their routine for for three and a half months and now they got four days off. I mean, some of the better ones probably stayed in some sort of routine like that, but the ones that didn't, you know, how does that affect them? I don't know. That's why a lot of these are going to be like, I think this is going to happen, but you just don't know
0: exactly that's why it's it's we're not diving head first here into it I, a lot of leans for me here for this podcast but uh let's let's uh jump right into it here so we are recording it's a Friday obviously it's July 14th uh, we'll be going through three games from the Friday slate and then we will be doing three games from the Saturday July 15th slate and then we'll probably talk a little football at the end <laughs> Dave let's jump right into the first game going to be the Miami Marlins traveling to Baltimore to take on the Orioles. Sandy Alcantara on the mound for the Marlins. Dean Kramer on the mound for the Baltimore Orioles. Dave, what are you thinking for this one?
1: Yeah, kind of like we talked this morning on the radio show. I mean, for me, the obvious question is, which Alcantara are we going to see? Baltimore has seen him, and he does struggle more on the road. But, you know, I I bet against him when he pitched in Boston not long ago, another AL East team and he one hit them. So, you know, I don't know. And then, you know, he only allowed one run to the Phillies right before the break. But he did give up eight hits in a little over six innings. So maybe that wasn't as dominant as it might look on paper. And the Baltimores, you know, suddenly they're only two games back in the race, AL East, but they closed with five straight wins. So here we go. Do they pick that up uh, or not? momentum is a funny thing both ways. And, you know, Kramer always scares me, though. He he can strike out 10 like he did against the Yankees, and he can be miserable like he was to start prior against the Twins. Uh, but he does have a lack of exposure advantage. With the pens rested, uh, I can't take recent form into consideration. So I'm going to dump those in favor of Baltimore first five bet. The market, interestingly enough, is pretty stable on the first five, but it actually likes Baltimore for the game. So like maybe maybe I'm making a mistake, but I'm going to take the Orioles
0: one. Well, we disagreed when we briefly talked about this this morning, and I'm going to stick with my Miami Marlins in the first five. That's what I'm going to roll with. You kind of mentioned it. Two of his last three starts, Sandy Alcantara has pitched a little bit better. I'll give him a little bit of a break since the one where he did get hit a little bit was in Atlanta. Pretty much everyone has been getting hit in Atlanta, so I give him a bit of a pass, and that's inner division. But I'm with you with with Kramer. I mean, both of these guys relatively haven't seen the other team too much, so there is a lack of familiarity there. I would, to your point, with Baltimore being favored for the game, they do have the better bullpen, so that makes sense to me. But I looked at it and I thought that this could easily be a very low scoring game, low scoring first five. So I would think that that little bit of the plus money, if you can still find it out there on the Marlins in the first five is probably worth a little bit more. So I would lean with the Marlins in the first five. I kind of lean with it being a lower scoring game, especially in the first five. And then Dave, I actually dug into this one a little bit more. I think I kind of like both of these pitchers to go over their strikeout totals. I believe both are sitting there at four and a half. At least they were last night and then early this morning
1: yeah I mean I can see that um, Baltimore does strike out a lot so uh, I could I could see Alcantara probably more than I could see Kremer but um, you know again he doesn't have a lot of familiarity so you might have another winner there
0: yeah and, it, and it's kind of one where you go if you think you know how the game is going to play out maybe start to kind of bet that but I think both teams aren't going to score a ton of runs and it's going to be close I'll lean with the dog, which is the Marlins and where I got to, and you know, I'm looking at some of the props and everything, and I really do think both guys have a good shot at going over their strikeout total, but then let me, let me throw this one by you real quick. It's actually a hitter prop, and last night I found Adam Frazier to get a hit at minus a buck 60. Now, The one thing that scares me a little bit is if I do think that it's going to be low scoring, there's going to be less at-bats from these teams. He does bat, I believe, ninth most nights in the order, but he's had quite a bit of success as being one of the few guys that has seen Alcantara. So I'm a little nervous because he hits lower in the order, and I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but if I had to bet one for this game, it would be Adam Frazier to get a hit.
1: Well, I can't argue with that because it's not something I looked at, but... You're right. Batting ninth is a disadvantage, but you know, you know he's going to get three, and if he can't do it in three, we don't want to bet it anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm pulling it up here real quick, and he is the one guy that has seen quite a bit of Alcantara, and he is five for twelve against Alcantara with a walk, just one strikeout. So pretty good historically, but the nine with a low scoring game kind of scares me a little bit.
1: They all scare me,
0: pal. There's our first game. We got a lot of leans going on here in our Miami Marlins-Baltimore Orioles. First game out of the gate. Let's actually move to our second game of the Friday slate. We're actually going to be looking at a six ten Central Time first pitch. It's going to be on Apple TV+. plus. This will be the Los Angeles Dodgers traveling from the West Coast to the East Coast to take on the New York Mets. We have Julio Arias on the mound for the Dodgers and Justin Verlander on the mound for the Mets.
1: You know, honestly, I don't know what to make of Verlander or the Mets in general. I mean, they're arguably the biggest underachievers in baseball at this point. Uh, they're only six games out of last place in the NLE. So, you know, there's the question. Do they really give a shit at this point? I mean, you know Verlander will, and you know the Dodgers will, uh, but they haven't seen much of Verlander aside from Mookie, who's two for 27 off of him. So it's a Dodger team that's not in first place. Indiana West and with that said Urias has fallen on hard times lately um, he's not someone I'm going to bet on the road his ERA is 8.44 and that's over 6 starts so it's relevant um, but the Mets they've won just 10 of 30 games against left handed pitchers and if they were even close to 500 against lefties I'd make a large bet on them but alas Nelson they're not. Um, sticking with the fact bullpens aren't something I can really handicap after the break I'm going to be betting the Mets first 5 And probably the first five under because I'm not sure the Mets could fit anyone right now.
0: Well, we're in Sapatico on this one because I'm right there with you. Julio Arias hasn't been himself this year. I know he's been hurt quite a bit, but he's really gotten shelled on the road too. And Justin Verlander has quietly actually pitched pretty well since June. I'm looking at his June numbers. Had an ERA below three and a half. And even in just his last five starts spreading out from the end of... uh, june into july here i mean the guy has thrown 18 innings and only given up two earned runs in his last three starts it feels like verlander and scherzer though they might not be the same cy young winners that they were just a couple years ago they're still pretty good it's just the fact that this mets team overall isn't very good and i do agree with you i think if i had to bet this i got to take out both bullpens because they're not great And I would have to bet the Mets in the first five. I'm more confident in Verlander than I am in Arias.
1: Yeah, I totally get it. And that's exactly why I bet what I bet. I mean, there's, there's, I like the Mets first five quite a bit.
0: I did find a hitter prop that I was questioning. I did look at Francisco Lindor minus 210 to get a hit. He had performed much better this year against lefties, and he has kind of been hot lately. But uh, just a small sample size against Arias, one for two with a walk in his career. So that was one that I was fringe on. I haven't bet it, but that was uh, a hitter prop that was on my radar.
1: Yeah, I haven't looked much at props. I'm not. I'm. I'm going to wait for lineups and, you know, maybe even kind of sway off of those. I like to take guys that have been hot over the last week or so, and. We don't really have a last week or so, so the, those props are probably going to be all you this week.
0: Moving to our third game, eight thirty eight Central Time. First pitch going to be the Houston Astros traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Angels. JP France on the mound for the Astros. Shohei Otani on the mound for the Angels. Uh, Dave, what wow. are you thinking about this one? Because the line, this yeah. one, this line was weird to me.
1: Well, this one's an easy one for me. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the short route here and just take the Houston. Uh, run line maybe i'll take them uh, on the money line as well but you know yes there's otani but there's also the angels bullpen uh which had been historically bad before the break you know maybe they settle down but maybe they don't but it had been that bad and you know you look at the angels and they talk about otani leaving and as you and i talked earlier um i think mike Trout probably has gone too and even if he's not i mean he's like never healthy he's missed um, I think he hasn't played a full season in seven years, so I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I'm not sure that um, you know the Angels aren't going to start you know free fall pretty soon. And France is, France is doable, you know. I mean, there's a lot of familiarity between the two, and you know he's arguably one of the the third or fourth starter on the team. But you know he's got a whip across the border like one point two, so you know he'd be number one on a lot of teams. So. I definitely have to go with the Astros there. At least, at least the run line for the full game,
0: um, and I won't even hesitate. Yeah, Dave, we we discussed this this morning on the on the morning show, and I had originally looked at this as an you know an Astros first five, and maybe even on the run line just because you're getting that little bit of extra cushion, and it wasn't a bad price. But I think you convinced me to prefer the Astros on the run line because of that Angels bullpen been pretty bad here as of late but yeah I mean to your point with the pitching JP France has been decently good and even better on the road and I know it's interdivision but this is a young guy he the Angels haven't seen him nearly as much as the Astros have seen Shohei Otani. and I agree with you Shohei Otani's making comments about wanting to stay on the west coast you know what's going to happen are they going to trade him it almost feels like writing's on the wall he's leaving shortly Uh, Where's his mind at? And Shohei Otani, if you dig through the numbers, he hasn't been as great as advertised from the pitching side of things basically since, like, May. So the numbers are a little higher than they were, you know, April, beginning of May. And they have a lot of familiarity with them. Another one that I looked at for a hitter prop here in this game, Dave, I actually looked at Alex Bregman to get a hit. This one was minus 180 last night slash this morning and he's a guy that has had some success against Shohei Otani and you know we we mentioned how their inner division and in his career Alex Bregman is actually 10 for 27 with eight singles two doubles and only three strikeouts and 27 at bat so that's a that's another guy that you know will be hitting in the top five of the lineup as well so uh, that's another prop I looked at but I'm with you I agree Astros run line getting plus a run and a half here I don't think you can go wrong yeah
1: I totally agree and you know the fragment only being minus 160 is actually pretty cheap
0: that's one that you can look at I probably found about half a dozen that I kind of liked for today and all of them were fringe so I'm not running to bet them but I'm considering them
1: I'm not gonna go there pal told you
0: That'll conclude our Friday slate, so we ran down three games for you for the Friday, July 14th. Let's switch gears here and knock out our next three games for the Saturday, July 15th slate. First game we're looking at here, it's actually going to be a matchup between my Milwaukee Brewers and the Cincinnati Reds. This one taking place in Cincinnati. First pitch, six ten Saturday night. Freddie Peralta on the mound for the Brewers. Andrew Abbott on the mound for the Reds. Dave, what are you thinking about this one?
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing I looked at was I was a little bit surprised the Reds haven't seen Peralta this season. And with such a young team, I'm not sure what relevance earlier season stats really would have. And this would be the third time the Brewers have seen Abbott. Um, he shut him out in the first start. Milwaukee took him to the woodshed in the rematch and uh, not unexpected that the Brewers would get the better of him, but unexpected how much they got the better of him. I mean, they killed him. I mean, and this is a huge series I mean, it's shaping up to be a two horse race in the NL central. And, you know, honestly, I can't take a side here, uh, just because there's too many variables, but what I can do is take the over you have Peralta on the road. You have Abbott who's probably going to land somewhere in between shutting him out and giving up 10. Um, and given that both pens are rested, I probably would go first five uh, over as well. Uh, especially since we have the ballpark for runs, if nothing else, and and with that note, I'll
0: defer to you. Dave, would you say that sometimes I overanalyze a lot of stuff?
1: Yes, all the time.
0: Uh, I think this one made my brain hurt just because it is my Milwaukee Brewers. I looked at it, and I was with you. I'm like, well, Abbott looked really good the first time, really bad the second time, and I kind of thought the same thing. He'll probably fall in the middle, but the Brewers haven't been great against lefties. And then I have Freddie Peralta, who overall has been – not pitching up to expectations, but it's not like he's been pitching horrible where it's like, oh, Freddie Peralta's pitching again. But I know he's worse on the road, but again, he's had a lot of success in his career against Cincinnati. So this one I, I was like, I could go with a under, I could go with an over, I could take both sides. I'll be completely honest, I did not like this game. My, uh, my compass was not due north.
1: Well, sorry. I mean... I I like the over. I like the over quite a bit. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I don't know. I guess if you made me, I'd probably take Cincinnati. But again, this is a Saturday game and we have
0: a Friday game to contend with. I was all over. I was like, uh, do I dare say lean Cincinnati in the first five? Uh, But what if Peralta? Yeah, so... I'm not a good person to ask for an opinion on this game. I, I couldn't come up with anything I I even leaned with. So there you go. Dave says he likes the over in this game. I do not have a lean, and then said uh, if he had to, he would probably side with the Reds. Uh, let's move to our second game for the Saturday slate. The second game we're going to look at. It's actually going to be the 8:07 first pitch between the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, we just looked at this matchup for Friday the day before. What are we thinking for the second game in this series?
1: Well, um, uh, the second place Astros, I mean, they've, they've got their race on the mound in Framber Framber, and, you know, he did three at the Angels over eight innings at in Anaheim this year, so I guess, in theory, I should be looking at the Angels to get this one done, but, you know, as I talked about them, they're troutless now. They could be troutless for the rest of their lives, and you know, I actually saw where A-Rod proposed that trade uh, of Todd Notani. And as much as I didn't like, don't necessarily like A-Rod, that does make some sense once you get past the shock, you know. I mean, at, at 31, 10 years, I think all the injuries are hastening his decline. He was he's on pace for his lowest batting average of his career. And, and, you know, anyhow, back to the game. I mean, Detmers does have an upside unless he's pitching against the Dodgers. Uh, and in 53 at-bats, the Astros haven't taken him deep. Uh, since the Angels' pen was that bad before the break, um, I- I'm going to throw them out the window. I think Houston will win this game, but I am sneakily betting the first five innings under the total.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you, Dave, uh, right on the save wavelength. Framblers seen him twice and he's pitched good twice. And I know you have the theory where, you know, the other team's going to make an adjustments, but I'm with you. I, I can't believe in this A's roster as constructive and, and how it's performing. performing. Yeah, at and at the same time, or Bell does just kind of just that. I know he's got a, I know he's got a, he's got a Uh, I think um, he continues think to roll from, uh, and I'm looking at Reed Demers. Guy's Deitmers, been pretty good over the last month of baseball, left-hander. Houston's a little uh, worse against lefties than they are righties and he got hit a little bit against them about a month ago so I think there I'll use your theory and say he makes the adjustment so I agreed with you I think it's the first five under and if I wanted to get a little greedy and maybe take some plus money maybe I would maybe I would lean with some angels in the first five but uh, that would have to be uh, because I was looking for a plus money bet. You can't bet the Angels' bullpen right now, especially not against the Houston Astros' bullpen.
1: No, I totally agree with you, um, no matter what happens tonight. So, you know, just with that, the Angels are off the table for the foreseeable future. I mean, they they didn't do well before the break. They're not going to do well after the break, I don't think.
0: We're going to move to a the first game on the slate on Saturday. It's going to be a 12 5 Central Time first pitch. It's going to be the San Diego Padres' taking on the Phillies. This is game one of a doubleheader. Blake Snell on the mound for the Padres. uh, Taiwan Walker on the mound for the Phillies. Uh, Dave, what were your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, Snell's been on another level over the last six weeks. We know that. I mean, he's given up five earned runs in his last nine starts, uh, and he struck out ten or more in four of his last five. And, you know, this is when I question whether the break can hurt someone Uh, You know, as I said earlier, especially a pitcher who's so routine, uh, even between starts, I mean, you know he's going to be expensive. So I would actually try to find something else here first. But if it is the Padres, it is for five innings, since I have no faith in that bullpen, uh, even rested. And it's still the Padres who are four games under 500 uh, and about 10 games out of first in their own division. So you kind of got to wonder where their head's at. You know, Walker was beaten up by the Rays in his last start, but You know, that's not unique among pitchers getting beaten up by the Rays. So, you know, prior to that Rays start, he didn't give up more than one in five straight starts. You know, having said that, I can totally get behind the first five under. And in all honesty, could see back in the Phillies on the run line, because I don't think the Padres are going to score a ton, uh, and the Phillies do have the better bullpen. So I'm looking at this. The Padres could be the PDD on Saturday, uh, and that means public disaster of the day. So I'm not buying it. I I know I know Snell's there, but you know, he has not turned into Cy Young in 10 years. So uh I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy the hype. I'm gonna fade the streak.
0: Yeah, I mean we disagreed on the very first game we went through, the the Friday slate game one, but I'm agreeing with you on this one. Snell has been unreal and one, can he continue it after a weird break? You mentioned that, but two Walker's been pretty good when you look at his numbers since June he owns an ERA in the month of June at one and a half and then he had one start against the Rays where he went seven innings gave up four earned but three of those came for one swing so he's been pretty good too and historically he's pretty darn good at home I you know I was looking at it and the San Diego Padres just don't, they don't have a great offense and you mentioned that as well I actually looked at the first five under for this game. And uh, like you said, potentially looking at the first five uh, innings with the Philadelphia Phillies on the run line as well. And depending on what that came out with, I could probably talk myself into taking the Phillies in the first five just on the money line.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the, uh, the only way to do it. I mean, Snell's going to be expensive. Um You either, Try to do something with the Phillies or or just pass the game, I
0: think. Yeah, so uh, if you want to get any more of Dave's content, you can find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler or his work at pregame.com. You want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Rowdy underscore Razor. Let's jump to some football stuff, and we will come back and do our Major League Baseball best bets. So, Dave, what were you looking at for some football stuff for the podcast?
1: Yeah, I found another college football future I really like. Um, you can call up UConn while well, I'm telling you why they're going to win more than four and a half games. Um, You know, that team's been mostly a laughing stock over the years. And yes, they are 11 and 42 since joining the AAC. But this number reflects that and not what's really going on in stores. They bring back actually 17 of 22 starters and little Jim Mora took them to a bowl game last season. They won six games and One look at their schedule tells me they should improve on that. So four and a half seems like a gift. I mean, they got UMass, they got Sacred Heart, Rice, Florida International, and Georgia State are all winnable games. They could beat James Madison on the road. They get South Florida at home. Uh, So, you know, this could well be one of my favorite uh, college football win totals so far this season.
0: I'm not going to lie, Dave. When you said you had a college football win total and then you said UConn, That was probably one of the last teams I would have guessed.
1: Well, I mean, you know, that pays the same as taking, you know, LSU over. I mean, it all spends the same. And honestly, I mean, it's not unlike a lot of other bets we make that those are perhaps the teams that, you know, don't attract a lot of attention, that bookmakers don't pay a lot of attention to, you know, they're they're not going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of of season-long bets on them, you know, out of the gate like a Georgia might or a or an Ohio State might, so they tend to be softer lines. So I'm I'm definitely all aboard on uh, you know, and even handicapping. Oftentimes, I do much better in in smaller conferences than I will, you know, the SEC, the Big Ten type teams because they are so public, all of them. So you can generally find nuggets on on some of the smaller conference teams, a whole lot easier than you can with the, you know, whatever's going to be on TV that weekend.
0: Dave, what do you often say is, is you put your pants on the same way as anyone else? Correct. Well, so do the bookmakers obviously when they think of where do we have to make sure we have all these lines, right? It is your Georgias and Ohio States because the casual fan knows that those teams will be good. Like it's perfect what you brought up there. Cause it's like, when I'm thinking about UConn, I'm not thinking about football. I, exactly. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even think to look or really go through their football schedule because they don't come up on my radar and I don't care about UConn football. But if you take this ticket that Dave gave out and take the over, you might care about UConn football a little bit more.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, Again, that's why, you know, yeah, bookmakers, I mean, they, they didn't come up with four and a half by accident, but you know, I would have put it at five and a half. So I figure I have enough of an overlay there that it's, it's worth a bet. Um, and it's worth paying attention to Yukon football for eight weeks.
0: I'll be honest. The last time I probably sat down and thought a ton about Yukon football was probably when Donald Brown was somewhat in the Heisman race. If you remember him. I do i think he's been out of the nfl for probably five years well now you can start checking husky
1: scores and not the basketball team on saturdays they were they're almost a 500 team last year and they got everybody back
0: well there you go dave says take the over with yukon football four and a half he thinks this one's lined at least one game lower than it should be Uh, So we did do Major League slate for Friday, July 14th. We looked at the Major League Baseball slate for Saturday, July 15th, and then Dave gave out a college football future with the UConn Huskies over the four and a half. Dave, uh, let's uh, finish this podcast up by uh, giving out some of our best bets for the uh, pod with Major League Baseball.
1: All right, if I have to. Friday, today, I'm going to take Justin Verlander and the New York Mets for the first five innings. And let me see if I can my best one tomorrow. Well, let me see. Uh probably the uh, Houston and the Angels uh under first five
0: tomorrow was that would be with uh Frammer and Reed Detmers. Yep. So so Dave's going with the Mets in the first five tonight on the money line. And he's going to take the first five under between the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Angels on Saturday night. I was looking at it, Dave, and I'm kind of glad that you took the Mets because I'm going to go for my Friday best bet. I'm going to take the Houston Astros on the run line after uh, we both kind of landed on that one this morning and you talked me into the run line. So my best bet for tonight will be the Houston Astros plus the one-and-a-half on the run line for the entire game. Then I think for Saturday, I'm going to go with the Padres and Phillies first five under the total. So uh, there you go. You got four of them for your Friday and Saturdays. Again, the best bets for this pod, Dave will go with the Mets in the first five on the money line, and he will take the Houston Astros and Los Angeles Angels first five to go under the total on Saturday. And then again, mine. On Friday, I would go with the Houston Astros on the run line, plus the one-and-a-half runs for the full game. And then I would take on Saturday the Padres and Phillies, first five innings to go under the total. One last time, if you like the content, continue to share it, continue to like, subscribe, uh, download the podcast, give it a listen, share it with friends, and if you want to find more content, follow dave on twitter it's at dave underscore essler you can follow me on twitter at rowdy underscore razor or you can uh, check out more of dave's work at pregame.com continuing to have a lot of success post all-star break as we did pre-all-star break but until then let's continue to win some money the winner's take is your podcast for everything gambling at madcitysportzone.com in the zone app or wherever you get your podcasts